0: Hello, you're listening to Archive on Double App with Liam O'Mahony. Today I'll be sitting down with Brian Bohan, the Cleveland-based DJ and promoter behind In Training. We'll be talking about Midwest Techno, the new wave of gay parties in the United States, and falling in love with dance music online. Thanks for listening to Archive. down with me right of course <laughs> so uh <laughs> when i first became aware of you it was because you were my neighbor on last fm
1: that is right that's right
0: i think i was in high school at the time um and you were listening to a lot of uh uk electronic music for uh, sure, for sure. More darker like two-step uh, and burial type stuff and i was just wondering was that like the first kind of electronic music that you were into or what was sort of your introduction to this world?
1: Um, I would say that that stuff is definitely the first like club or that's that stuff is definitely like the first club oriented music I was ever into, like the first electronic music that was like actually like designed like to be played by DJs that I was ever into because, you know, before that, I think I kind of went the pretty standard route I guess I don't know standard but standard route for, like, electronic music for people who, like, don't have any club to go to, which is, like, you know, finding out about, like, you know, like, Apex Twin and whatnot on, like, their indie rock message board. You know, there's always, like, one thread on, like, your indie rock message board that's, like, about electronic music, and it's always about, like, the album-oriented electronic music, so it's always, like, oh, like, Apex Twin and all those sort of, like, standard warp IDM stuff, so it's, like, I was, like, you know, I was, like, aware of that stuff, so, you know, like, getting, like, Apex Twin in high school, but... Yeah, I think that stuff was yeah. I think that stuff was definitely like the first time that I was hearing anything that was made like expressly for that purpose of like dance music and DJing and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up the idea of uh kind of dance music not it's for me people that don't go to the club maybe and it's sort of like your introduction to it is at the home and uh do you think that sort of has influenced or informed your taste as you've gone on to get into more and more music in this world?
1: Oh yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I think, well, and I think that's something it's interesting too. um, I think it's definitely interesting and not even just speaking for like myself, but like speaking, I think for all of us here, like, you know, in like Cleveland who do, who have been like doing this DJ stuff with like in training and stuff, because there is, like, no, you know, clubs to go to, like, no clubs to go hang out in and, like, hear dance music and stuff like that, really. I think that is always how you're inevitably going to arrive at all this stuff. So you kind of, you know, you do kind of arrive at it first from this sort of, like, isolated, weird, like, home listening angle, and you totally get acclimated to it like that. And I think... Yeah, and I think that's why I think that's what I originally like drew me so much to so much of that stuff was because it, you know, clearly like was, you know, like I like I knew like it was made for like the dance room, made for like the club and stuff, but it still did have like enough weirdness going on, and in terms of like the sound design and sort of like other just like weird random stuff like happening in the music that it's still like really engaging to listen to when you're just like sitting at home by yourself and now of course like as time has gone on and i've learned more about like you know it's more and more like i don't know like more house and techno obviously there's something and awesome techno out there that is like you know really good and really rewarding to like listen to at home by yourself and everything but that when you're just starting out you hear this stuff and it's like oh you know what this doesn't just sound like what I had in my head as the idea of what dance music is supposed to be like these rhythms are all over the place like there's weird samples coming out of left field everywhere um you know it sounds it just sounded new it just sounded new to I just I had no frame I had no frame of reference for it and that's always kind and that's kind of always I think the music that will always leave like the biggest impression on you is when you hear something and you just have zero frame of reference for it, and it's just like I have no idea where this came from. I have no idea how this was made, and I have no idea. You're right, you know, and so yeah, and so I think that was definitely what initially drew me to all that stuff. time. And also that that was just a heyday for all that stuff getting made. You know, I think because I think you're roughly kind of talking about like the time between like you know when would that have been like two thousand? When would that have been like two thousand two thousand? 11 2012
0: yeah probably right around then
1: yeah Yeah, you know that was i mean that was you know that was a fucking golden era for all that stuff so (laughs) yeah it it was just a really it was a really it was a really it was a really cool fruitful time and i'm definitely you know i'm definitely glad that you know i've and so much of it still sounds so like fucking good too you know and that's a thing
0: yeah i feel like in some ways everything that's come and that's not this is totally not true but like in a way it feels like a lot of the music that's come since that period has sort of been like uh looking at the past it's sort of been like resurrecting certain trips from the 90s early 2000s right. there's exceptions to that rule obviously but it seems like that was like kind of like blind some of that was really blindingly new music and obviously it was referencing things too but
1: yeah like, for sure it sounds
0: so new um it's interesting that you mention. Uh, the Midwest and being from the Midwest and I imagine that's going to be a a large part of our discussion, but um, it's sort of like the birthplace of a lot of this music, but maybe isn't like thought of very much uh, in sort of like the global conversation about electronic music, about dance music. Um, When you first started getting into this, was it, did you have like a community of people who were also into, into it around you at the time or did that come later
1: you mean when i you mean when i first just like started listening to the stuff like in the time you were describing or do you mean kind of when uh we kind of like started in training and the djing and stuff
0: well maybe you could talk about how you got from uh listening to the music at home to finding people that you were you wanted to work with and sort of like say like there's no clubs here we can at least do our like our own thing
1: well, to start off, uh, I mean, the short answer for talking about Cleveland, it's like, was there, like, a community, was there, like, a real community of people? The answer is no. And, um, you know, and, you know, kind of going back, and you even said it yourself, like, um, about how, you know, we were, like, neighbors on SFM FM and stuff. I mean, my first entry point, and with all this, it was all just purely online. And, like, I had no community of people, you know, in Cleveland that I knew. I, I didn't know of anyone who was listening seeing to the same stuff I was, other than, you know, I would tell, like, people who were just, like, already my friends, like, hey, check this out, like, sometimes they'd be like, oh, yeah, like, that's cool, um, no, but, um, so, so much of that, like, my, my, um, my relationship with all of this dance music stuff, um, has always been, I would say, for sure, on the music side, has always been, like, extremely, like, non-geographical, and, um, you know, and in terms of how did I get to um, you know the point where I was starting to DJ and throwing the party and stuff. I mean, the in terms of how like the party like in training started. I mean, it was a. I mean, it was a. It was a total fluke. You know, it was not any sort of process um, that I like embarked upon that like eventually led to you know, me starting this party, it was literally just one night I was living at my mom's house and I didn't have a car at the time and it was an extremely, it was a, it was a, it was a very pretty, it was a pretty dark time in my life and I had literally nothing going on and I hadn't left my house and gone and done anything fun in a very long time at that point, probably weeks. I hadn't really seen any friends in weeks and so... Yeah, one night I was literally just like, if I don't get out of this house like right now and go do like literally anything and see like another human being, then I will go crazy. Like I will flip out. And so I got on a bike that I had at the time, and I wasn't even and and my mom was, I was living with my mom, like kind of out in the suburbs, like a little bit. And so I, you know, I ended up I hopped on my bike and I just started riding my bike towards like the only bar. Slash like venue that I knew about where there would be like the slightest chance that I would know someone at which is now that's class which is actually where we do our party now funnily enough but and it's like it's not even like I love that place like that much or anything I had just like been there in the past for shows and uh, you know it was like if there is if there is any one place I know where there the highest chance that there was somewhere I know will be there it will be there. Excuse me. And so I, you know, so I rode there and then just like on a complete whim, I uh, ran into, um, I ran, I met, I met my friend Aaron, who is, uh, you know, the, one of the other, one of the other two people I do in training with. And uh, that was the night that her and I met for the first time again, just like on a complete random fluke. And uh, we just got talking and about like all sorts of different stuff uh, in general, like music and stuff. And just like the fact that I, that, that I think that was really one of the first times that I had ever had a conversation in Cleveland in real life, like not online, like not talking to someone typing out, but like with my voice in my hometown about like, you know, we t- talking about like silent servant, you know. Like the fact that I was in real, like I was looking in someone's face in my own home city, talking about like Silent Servant in Sandwell District was like blowing my mind. You know, like that was real, like that was really crazy. Like I literally, I like had never really experienced anything like that before. Like the fact I was like this, like this is crazy. And yeah, I mean, literally based off of that, like very first initial, very first fluke meeting was how in training got started I mean like literally like two or three days later she hit me up and was just like because she's you know she's a go-getter and so she just said like hit me up like two or three days later and was like hey like I know we were talking about like how cool it would be like you know like we were kind of talking back and forth how we wish there was like some cool like some place to like hear like weird like techno music and like how much of a bummer it is that there's no like cool gay spots and like queer spots to hang out in Cleveland. Like I thought of this, this, and this, I thought of this name, like in training, like we can do it here. Like my friend have my friends have this DIY house that we can do that for our first one, you know, let's fucking do it. And I was just like, okay. And <laughs> so it was just all like that. So I guess that all, that, all, I mean, that's kind of like the origin story, but like all of that is to say that like, there was, there was, there was no process, you know, there was no, there was no aim for me personally, it was like totally just a fluke and then there, it just happened. Yeah. And the, and the likelihood that, you know, of all of everything aligning to make it happen was like pretty low, you know? And so I don't know. It's, 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 it's weird to say the least. I, I think, I, th- I think about it a lot. I think actually, I think about it quite a bit of how kind of like weird and like serendipitous it was that at all, that all that shit like happened in the first place
0: can you tell me about that first party?
1: Sure. Yeah. So the very, well, the very first one we did was, uh, in, uh, let's see, it would have been the first one with, yeah. So the first one was so the very first one was September of, uh, 2014. And, uh, two of, um, two of our, two of our good homies. Well, they became, I didn't know them yet at the time, but they became my homies over the, have become my homies over the, so many years. Um, uh, Jason and Matt, uh, mint clad and Unico shout out to them. Uh, they were living in this house and they, you know, they kind of ran it sort of like a little bit like a DIY show space. And they were, they were some, they were some kids who were in Cleveland who were like some other people in Cleveland who were, you know, tooling around and like, who, you know, were interested in techno and like, were making like DIY technical mu- DIY techno music and stuff like that. Just kind of on like a smaller scale. And, um, so we, Aaron, basically just hit them up and was like, Hey, like, we want to do this at your house. And uh, they were, of course, you know, because they're like two of the most down dudes on the planet, we're just like, Yeah, of course. And so it was uh, me and Aaron DJing off of virtual DJ on my laptop. Um, and uh, let's see, our friend, our good friend, Glitchel23, Sam Harmon, who is our. Very close, important ally to this day. Uh, one of the true unsung heroes of the whole sort of Midwest, uh, Midwest, Midwest electronic music in general. He just he makes incredible music, makes incredible live music, plays incredible live sets, and just a really incredible dude. He's one of the first people to come to every single night in training. He's a resident at one of the other parties now that uh, our crew puts on. But yeah. Um, Him and then uh, Witchbeam, another uh, sort of like long running, like Cleveland uh, experimental, like noisy act. And so it was just us. And uh, I can't even I can't remember how many people came through more than I thought they were going to. You know, more than I thought they were going to. There's you know, there's probably like fifteen people in like their little house. Me and Aaron DJing like Perk and Silent Servant off of uh off of a virtual DJ and then those two live acts and stuff. I think Jason played too. I think Minklad, I think Minklad played a lot. Yeah. Minklad played a lot of set too. Yeah. And it was just, and it was silly and you know, and it was, it was, you know, and it was just silly and you know, and then we just sat in the backyard and like drank some beer. I don't know. Yeah. It's actually, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's my memory of that night is actually like a little bit hazy, but like, um, you know, it was, Yeah. Yeah. It was good. You know, it was good. It it was just like, I had had never done it. You know, I, my life at that time was so, I had no life at that point. And so just the fact that I was doing anything like it at all, just like felt really crazy. And then the next month, uh, October was the first party that we had at the actual venue at Now That's Class, which is where we've done them ever since. And um, it was on a weeknight, I remember, I think it was on a Thursday. And it was uh, the band, uh, this band Father Murphy from Italy, sort of like a kind of like weird, like uh, kind of like experimental, like sort of post punk band. And this uh, band from LA, actually, this band called Sleeves from LA, who I don't think are together anymore. But um, yeah, and then and, and then us DJing off a of virtual DJ again. And so, and that was kind of like the first real one. And again, like it was on a weeknight, and like it was weird. And but there were people there, you know, like there were like a handful of people there, and like it was cute. And it was, you know, it was feels like a long time ago at this point. But um, yeah, and it was fun. And that's kind of how it got, it, 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 that, and that's kind of you know how it got off the ground a little bit. And that was kind of the more, it was kind, that was kind of the vibe of the first couple.
0: Totally, that's really cool. It kind of reminds me just the way you described it of um like my first real like formative dance music experiences were just like house parties in college. And it's just like same kind of, I don't know. I, I like totally appreciate that vibe of just 20 people being on a dance floor is really, really enjoying it. To, like to me, that's like better than 300 people just kind of like drinking and.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And the it's the, they're, they have kind of as time has gone on have become more, like, purely focused on dance music, like, it was kind of, like, I, I mean, the whole having, like, having, like, live, like, people play, like, live and stuff is always going to be, like, we really dig that, and that's always going to be, like, a really key element of what we do, but, um, yeah, the, um, for the first, there, there, there was more, there was kind of, I would say, there was more, um, there was a lot more live stuff in the early days of entering, and, like, not even, it wasn't all dance music all the time, and, um, which is, Um, you know, I mean, I think some of those ones, I I, I think some of the, I think some of the best sets that in the history of in training were like not dance music ones. And, um, but yeah, it's funny going back and thinking about some of the band, some of the like sort of acts and bands we had come through. Cause yeah, like I said, I mean like that very first one, like, um, you know, Father Murphy, like for example, are extremely not dance music, you know? And then, you know, we've had, um, we've had like Aaron Dilloway play before, like that was like fucking amazing um who uh, we had um you know we had like uniform play one time and that was like super cool yeah and and now and now it's kind of become more of like pretty like dance music and like Dj focus type thing but um that was kind of like I look back on that stuff and I'm really glad that like that's kind of like that more sort that is like kind of like what it like evolved from you know because I think that that energy still like kind of like
0: yeah it's it wasn't like we're gonna start a club night and the model of i mean because i feel like that's what everybody does that sort of sounds like it just sort of evolved organically and like eventually became what it is
1: right yeah you know and uh, you know and i think it was also just because like i mean there were there were a couple of reasons that it started out like that it started out like that and kind of has that energy one is you know we none of us had any idea what like a club night is or was because none of us had ever like been to one before (laughs) you know like I don't like you know I had like I wouldn't like if I had wanted to throw like if I if I had wanted to throw like a quote-unquote like club night I you know like I like wouldn't have really had any idea like what to do because right I, I didn't know what that meant and then Aaron um Like, um, most of our first contacts were through Erin because uh, she was, uh, before we started in training, she was doing a lot of stuff in sort of, like, the uh, noise and, like, industrial world. And so, like, that was kind of uh, who a lot of our, like, initial sort of connects were through, were through her and, like, through that sort of scene. So, like, there was a lot of that sort of informing the early years of in training, like, in terms of booking and stuff um but then it was also cool because that was also kind of right around the time you know like 2013 or well no, 2014 like 2014 2015 when like that like all over that like sort of connection between like the sort of like northern industrial worlds and like more like techno and dance music that was like really starting to coalesce like it's it's just gone where it has from there but i like to think that that energy like even though yeah it's like you know like we had like uniform who were like pretty much like a straight up hardcore band who are like fucking sweet and stuff and it's like yeah it's like in 2018 would we have like another hardcore band playing training maybe you know i don't want to say no i mean i'd be down depending on who it was you know but like that sort of thing you know it's like yeah do we argue doing stuff like that uh, as much as as much recently like no but like you know we do it at the same place and that energy is always going to be there and so i think that's it i think yeah, that is kind of one thing that sort of like kind of keeps it interesting so
0: when was the point that you were like, oh yeah, I'm going to, th- this is something that's serious, like I'm going to keep doing this, I want to grow this, or that you felt like this was something that you could like really start, I don't know, sinking a lot of your life into?
1: At one point, um, me and uh, my good friend Shane, who I do and training with, aka DJ Kiernan Laveau, uh, we, it was the first time, you know, because like, you know, we, we, we started DJing Um, as literally just to be, like, the residents of our own party. Like, at no point did we ever have, like, any dreams of, like, oh, like, we, like, want to be DJs. Like, we just needed someone to, like, play before, like, the bands and, like, live acts. Excuse me. Uh, Like, in training. And so we got asked – we we got asked to play in Chicago over the New Year's holiday of – I think it was at – of 20 – yeah, New Year's Eve 2015 into – 2016 yeah that's right um so yeah and so that was the first time that any of us or that that was the first time that we had ever been like booked like out of town as like djs and we were kind of like you know but we just rolled with it and um so we went to uh me and to chicago we played at berlin nightclub the night before new year's um so december 30th and um you know, we played and we DJed to, you know, and it was packed and it was slammed. and It was crazy. And it was one definitely, I think, one of the, it was just a really crazy experience. And I think that was kind of for both of us, like when we really saw that, like when we really saw that, like, you know, like this, like, kind of like energy of like what we're doing, like, because, you know, cause it was like going really well, you know, it's like going well in Cleveland, like people were like coming to the parties and it was like, being a consistent thing every month and then you know we went to another city you know and we you know we like pulled up to this like other city like other like you know bigger city and this like way like bigger club and you know kind of just did our thing there and people responded to it really well I think that's when we were kind of like you know like damn like this is like actually like you know something like, this is, like, like what we were doing. Like, what we're doing and is, like, must actually, like, be something. And so, yeah. And then that, that I would say that was definitely, that was definitely sort of, like, a tipping point. You know, the party, like, really kind of, like, started kicking in the gear. And we started getting, like, really, like, consistently, like, pretty good turnouts. Um, and then, you know, we started, you know, kind of started getting asked to, you know, DJ other stuff, too. And, like, you know, getting to you know extremely scare quotes our dj careers started taking off (laughs) quote unquote which fuck that shit but like no but like you know that's what so that that i would say that was sort of the tipping point so we're coming up on that was what you know about two years i was like yeah it was like two and a half years ago at this point yeah
0: i guess i keep still i still think it's early 2018 which it's not it's like
1: like a quarter oh my god Oh my God. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) So you said that the party started getting like taking off in Cleveland. And I was just wondering the people that you've met through the party, and I'm sure like a community sort of built up around it. Is it people that were into dance music and just didn't have a place to like experience that? Or is it people that came out and fell in love with dance music through the party or maybe both?
1: Um, that, ah, that's a pretty good question. Um, I think it's probably, probably roughly like both. Um, I think, yeah, I, 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 def- I, th- I definitely think it's been kind of both, um, th- you know. And there has been, there, there, there's definitely been a community of, um, there's definitely been like a, a, like a small community of, like you know, friends who sort of built up around it, um, who we know we all, you know, and we all work together now. And there's uh, two other parties uh, that go on uh, also at the same venue um, that kind of started. Um, sort of in the sort of in the wake of ours, but are both like very much their own distinct things. They're called Heaven Is In You and uh, Disco Paradiso, which I mentioned earlier, which our friend Sam Glacial Twenty Three is one of the organizers of. And um, you know, so there has been there, there there has been that you know small community of the very kind of small crew of like the people of us who put us on, and then there was you know the people. That uh, I was talking about before, like our good friends Jason and uh, Matthew, who ran that city servant, that ran the house called City Servant that we did the original party at. Um, and Matthew is also who does all of our flyers. If you've seen those, um, and uh, yeah, but in terms of like the, in terms of like the people I have met who have like come through the party, yeah, you know, I, I, I yeah, I hear different stories. I think it's, I get the sense that it's more just sort of like they, they were just drawn to like the new like energy of it. And it wasn't necessarily like, I mean, of course I do meet, I do occasionally, you know, like meet people who are like, Oh, like, you know, there are people who come out of the woodwork who are like, Oh, like, I can't believe you bought like such and such through, or like, this is like, you know, the best place. Like I haven't been able to hear techno like this, like in a long time or whatever. Like I get some of that, but I think, I think almost more of the people that we get, It's more just the fact that it's a different type of night. It's a different type of night out than you can find anywhere else in Cleveland. And so I think that's, you know, I think largely because Cleveland is, Cleveland is never going to be a dance music town, no matter what, no matter how, what, you know, no matter how much we, it's just, it's just never going to happen. And um, the fact that people have even come, the fact that like citizens of Cleveland have even come like, this far with us on this like journey of like kicking and screaming, like trying to like bring some like dance music stuff here. Is, like impresses me pretty routinely. But um, yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think it was mostly that I think most of the community that is built up around it and most of the draw, so to speak has really just been about the fact that it is just, it's, it, 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 it's a completely different energy compared to anything else going on in Cleveland that happens to involve dance music. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. Real quick before I circle back to something else. um, You already talked about them uh, throughout this conversation, but maybe just specifically, can you talk about the people that you work with within training and the related parties uh, for people that may not be familiar?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So uh, I do uh, in training, I'm one of three. I'm one of a crew of three. Uh, I run it with my two best friends, uh, Aaron, uh, DJ, DJ Mick Silkman. Uh, and she is an incredible organizer, promoter, logistical polymath. Um, yeah, she was the one who that I, you know, that I was talking about the night I met, uh, the night I met her and how, you know, just sort of like an offhand conversation of me sort of just sort of complaining about the fact that there was nothing cool to do and there was nowhere to listen out to listen to the music that I listened to at home when I knew that people in other cities got to, you know, listen to that music while, you know, also doing gay shit too. And, you know, how just, you know, and she took that, you know, she took that conversation and, you know, basically just, Wielded into, wielded into existence, and that's you know what she does, and she's super driven, and she's really you know organized and extremely talented, and um, then so it was, ten, it was just the two of us uh, for the first you know couple first couple months, but then um, she was living with, uh, she was living with uh, our other really good friend Shane. And so Shane would always just be like around whenever you know, I we would you know be talking about this stuff and you know figuring out logistics for it. Excuse me. And uh, so then about you know three or four months in, she just became a part, she just you know became a part of it too. Uh, Shane, uh, DJ, Kieran, LeBeau, who uh, I am sure that many people have already seen some of and. I can assure you, you will see a lot more of in 2018 and the years to come because she is an extremely, 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 extremely special talent on the decks, both on both the decks and in life. So yeah, so those are my, so those are the two people that I am extremely blessed to be able to work with who have been very generous to bring me along on the journey that they are on doing all this really cool shit and getting to do all this really cool shit.
0: So, one thing I wanted to talk about in this conversation was it seems like in the last uh, couple of years, there's been a lot more dialogue and um, maybe like recognition of the queer roots of dance music. Mm-hmm. And that's something right. I think maybe like I know, like, I'm just like speaking personally as someone who, like, very much like you, like, came to it from the internet. Like, I actually wasn't super aware of that until, you know, a couple years into like my journey through dance music. And I was wondering. Uh, I know that in training has been mentioned in profiles of kind of like this new wave uh, of queer and gay uh, club nights in uh, the US. And I was just wondering, like, how you feel that you slot into that conversation and maybe just speak about that general movement.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, in terms of how I think we slot into it, uh, I think we came at, I think we kind of started doing our thing and sort of started becoming, you know, I guess, say like gaining recognition i think at a time where you know there was this kind of like first like opening salvo of this like new sort of queer underground stuff you know that was you know things like um things like honcho uh in pittsburgh you know who has you know subsequently become some of our best friends in the world and then uh you know like those you know like the honey sound system guys in uh that stuff kind of first really coming into the conversation and becoming like a thing that people in the kind of general dance music world were like talking about. And that's, you know, and that stuff is great. And those, you know, the people are incredible. And we kind of came, I would say we kind of came up, started right at a time when that stuff had been going, had been kind of been going for a minute and like established, but it was, um, very sort of it was, it was mostly still centered just around like uh like, like cisgender gay men and it being sort of like the thing, like hey like here are these new things you know like here are these like new like freaky like sexy gay party you know gay you know gay men parties and stuff and it's not that they themselves were advertising themselves necessarily like that at all but like that was just kind of what the conventional wisdom around it was was it like yes like there's like this really awesome like new queer stuff happening like it like but you know and it's these gay men doing it and you go to it and you see a bunch of like gay men like getting down like at a gay club but it's like to good dance music instead of bad dance music and that's like you know super reductionist to what they do and stuff because those guys are all the best and everything but like that was kind of like conventional wisdom and i think we came along at a certain time where people in the sort of general world where there. With, you know, we're kind of like looking at the thing like, okay, like here's like this thing that's like the you know, the sort of gay male thing going on and what else is there? Like what else is going on? And now I'm saying this as like a cisgender gay. I'm I'm the cisgender gay man member of I the two uh the two my two my two colleagues and it are both uh are both transgender women. And um So, yeah, and so I think that energy and the fact that, you know, that we weren't coming at it kind of, like I said before, from, like, the dance music club night aspect, the fact that it was sort of coming from, like, this sort of, like, weirder, like, more experimental, like, sometimes, like, live music-based angle, you know, and kind of in a place that was away from, like, the, you know, sort of, like, accepted gay meccas of the thing, and I think, we just came along because now, of course, you know, as anyone who kind of follows, you know, the kind of sort of like conversation of what's going on in like the dance music roles, people are like really hungry now for like the more sort of, um, you know, more like for like the trans voices, like the non-binary voices, like the you know the female voices, like the working class voices. Like people are really hungry for that now, and people are really trying to, doing their best to push that, doing their best to push that to the forefront. And that's definitely become kind of like the more interesting and desired topic of conversation for like a lot of this that's going on. And I think that, you know, and that it wasn't a conscious move on our part. Like, it's not like, you know, we were like following that stuff really close. We were like, oh, like now, like here's a chance. It was more just kind of like we were doing what we were doing and it just, you know, we were doing what we were doing, just sort of messing around, like not really expecting anyone to care and then people did start caring and it just lined up nicely.
0: Is there like a sense of community maybe in that sort of like wave of uh, like parties you were talking about or maybe like,
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They've been, yeah. Um, yeah. The honcho guys in particular, um, they are, they have been some of our, you know, biggest champions and biggest supporters and I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, I think that we can, owe. I think it's not, I think it's not all wrong to say that we can, we owe, you know, a relatively substantial portion of the success that we've had to, n- not to them, but, you know, to their, to their support, you know, and they, you know, they're just really incredible people. And I think, well, and then I think kind of going back to, um, You know, kind of how I was saying how, you know, it got to the point where the sort of the rhetoric was starting to change and people were sort of sort of looking for like a new angle. Excuse me. I think that within that world, I think it was the people putting those parties on, like the people who did like Concho and Honey Sound System and these other parties who they themselves were like, you know, like this, like this way, this current way that, you know, we're doing things and the current, you know, this current way that we're doing things like yeah like this is all great but what is like the next step going to be like that like it it was it, it was driven by them like first being like okay like what is like how are we going to keep this going what is the next step going to be how are we going to keep this interesting how are we going to keep get more people included um you know how are we going to you know sort of like diversify this it was like they were the first ones long before you know, I don't necessarily want to say long before, but before like really like a lot of the more sort of like mainstream press started hopping on board with all this stuff and wanting to get all their think pieces off and stuff. I mean, it was really the it was really these guys who were being uh, really conscientious and um you know, really conscientious and knowing that it had to be something more and and they were really the ones that drove that. They were you know, they were some of the ones, especially the Honcho guys, like I said, who really reached out to us you know, kind of before this was all, before everything, anything else was really popping and really was, like, you know, like, let's work together, like, let's, like, we want to, like, put you guys on, like, we want you to, you know, help us, like, you know, figure out the next steps for this thing. And I think that that energy of, you know, sort of collaborating and everything, um, has really permeated outwards. It's been really good and like beneficial for everyone in the scene, and I think you can definitely see it spreading.
0: Of the people you've mentioned, I think the crew that I've had the most experience with, just like based on where I'd lived, is the Honey Sound System guys. And I know a big thing for them is um, the party, but also sort of like preserving the history of San Francisco, and I I, I think that's such an admirable thing. And I know that. You've spoken out a lot on the internet about like the Midwest in, in your time doing in training, have you linked up with people who are like older heads or like from the middle Cleveland or other parts of the Midwest and everything that you've like discovered. And if you could speak on some of that.
1: Totally. Yeah. 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 So Ohio in particular, um, has a very, has a very sort of like small, interesting sort of place in like the whole, uh, midwest dance music uh conversation and sort of history and i think it's really strange how much that we've discovered that you know even just musically and not even necessarily from the queer angle but just sort of like our our musical approach has kind of really like ended up slotting into um the sort of history of like how dance you know uh, you know just people like um you know, like, you know, some people who have lucky to become, you know, really good friends with people like Taitan Duvante, um, and then uh, Charles Knoll, uh, aka Archetype, and numerous other aliases, and, um, you know, labels like 2122 Corporation, Taitan's label Residual, um, you know, then, you know, of course, there's people like Dan Curtin from Cleveland, and um, you know, th- and these are all, you know, these... You know, they're important, you know, especially, you know, people like Dan Curtin, like, you know, like well-known and stuff. And, um, uh, you know, people like, like Tauntaun, you know, over the years, definitely. I would say a lot of, you know, people in the know have always, like, known who he is and, like, followed him and stuff. But um, there's just, there is this really distinct strain through, like, this weird pocket of, like, Ohio techno that is, like, very rhythmically interesting. And, um, kind of, you know, especially back in the nineties, um, you know, with people like Charlesville and Titan, really some of the first, r- r- really some of the people to first interface with, uh, like kind of like with concepts that were coming out of the UK and, and really mixing them with, uh, you know, like house and techno and stuff like that. Like really like, like people, like people in Ohio, like these people in Ohio, were some of the people, um, were some of the, were some of the first people really doing that, like stateside. And, um, and so I think, I, I, I I don't know. And it's, it's funny because like I said uh, earlier that my approach to this, all of this stuff has always been very non-geographical, but at the same time, I don't think it's a coincidence that the type, that, that kind of what we do now does have so much in common with, you know, at least like thematically with a lot of the stuff and the music they were making, like these pockets people were making in the 90s here in Ohio. Um, I don't know exactly what it would be, but there, 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 is some, there is something there. There is something about being sort of, you know, in proximity to places like Detroit or Chicago um, and kind of being able to like catch like some of the aura of it in general. But really still, at the end of the day, just being on your own and having to look elsewhere for inspiration rather than, you know, have it have a wellspring of it underneath you. Like you're forced to you're forced to look elsewhere and sort of like pull this sort of like magpie magpie like thing of like influences from all around you. Like you, you really just have to you really do just have to like scrape together like that. And I, I, I do think that's like a very distinctly Ohio thing that we have tapped into, which is not what I was expecting. Like I, I would never, I would never expect it to, um, you know, would you know, like when we started this out or like when we started DJing, like I had no idea that there was like, there was that like sort of like small, but very distinct history of Ohio um, dance music. But I just found myself, you know, we found it, we found ourselves sort of part of it and in the middle of it. And um, no matter how much I kind of ever dog Cleveland, And Ohio in general, which I do quite often, and I have a lot of problems with it, and I don't have the same, you know, I have a different, I have a different kind of pride in my home than I think a lot of people have. But um, if if we get to be considered a part of the sort of timeline of sort of like, sort of like more experimental, like Ohio dance music, that people, you know, people like Taitanta, people like Archetype, people like Dan Curtin, are a part of, I mean, if we, so then, when was
0: the first time you went overseas? Just like just like about like, just about, music like one purposes, like, of the highest. Can you talk about sort of like what we do and
1: I do think it is linked to kind of the place. Sure. Uh, it was, uh, it was back. It was this past September. It was September of, what oh, year was in it? 2017. Yeah, September 2017, um, we went over to uh, we went over to Berlin to play at uh, a really incredible party over there called For Resistance. Uh, they had been in one of their residents, uh, Doc Sleep, um, had been in Touch with Shane for a while, and uh, you know they uh, really wanted to come. They, they really wanted her to come over there and play the party, and um, you know, and then thankfully I was like roped in as well. And so yeah, and so that was yeah that was in September, and that's at about blank in Berlin. And uh, that crew of people who uh, run and uh, Melissa, Doc Luz, Luis Manuel Garcia. Those are definitely three of the cool definitely three of the coolest people uh, that I have met on this journey, and definitely I would say three of the most people doing the most interesting. I mean, I don't know too much about Berlin or like you know that whole scene over there, but it definitely from where I stand, it definitely seems like that we weird like definitely doing some of the coolest shit in Berlin and some shit that that's some shit that's like desperately needed over there and some shit to shake things up a little bit. And I was really glad that they asked us to be a part of it.
0: You talked about your first time. Uh, playing outside of your city, which was in Chicago, but you've—I imagine—you've gotten more chances to play different parties. Did you any like parties that you've been to like particularly stand out as things that like inspired you to like go back to what you do in Cleveland and like, like, oh, I want to like change, like, I want to do something because of this, like,
1: like honcho is always definitely going to be that for us. I mean, the fir- the very first time I went to honcho, it was actually after it was after we started in, and it was funny because with honcho, I actually knew honcho existed in pittsburgh um i think i had read about it online and it was funny when but i hadn't been yet and actually it was funny when i was talking to the very first night that i was talking to aaron and we were discussing i think i even brought up in the conversation, like yeah like i even hear like in pittsburgh there's like this some like freaky gay night called like honcho and it's just like a bummer like that like you know cleveland king or something like that and of course now like in training in training is is very different than honcho you know and always has been and always will be um, but yeah, so it was funny. So like, it was weird that like Contra was kind of almost like an inspiration um, for what we had done before, like, you know, any of us i ever been or played or anything. But yeah, uh, then I went to that for the first time a couple months uh, after um, we started in training and it just, you know, it just completely flipped. It just completely flipped me on my head. Uh, and um, that was also definitely another kind of, Uh, milestone night because that was the first time I ever went to that and you know those people have now all become some of my absolute closest friends in the world and people who you know have been super supportive for us and stuff Um, but yeah so I would say that's I would say those are definitely the big ones in terms of like other events that definitely like you mean so like that is the big one um but yeah, I mean, just going around in general and just, you know, kind of seeing the basically going around like different, you know, t- going going around and seeing the way they do things in like different cities and sort of the, uh, the sort of like on the ground feeling. More often than not, I come back to our neck of the woods, if not Cleveland specifically, just like our neck of the woods in general, like our region. And I am just it, I, I, I know that the way that the weird way that we do shit and the weird music that we play and like the type of DJing that evolves from living in Cleveland and not having anything else to do besides go hole up in our, you know, dumb shit little studio space that we rent and play on the CDJs for hours at a time. I know that that is a good thing. And I know that it. I I think that I, I definitely think it is something that the like kind of like wider like dance music world like really needs right now. Sort of like a weird insular, like loner sort of energy that comes from, you know, not being really stoked on where you live and not really being happy with your current station in life. And like, you know, being in a place where you feel stuck in between, you know, sort of two separate realities, like pulling at you and. All, and you know and that sort of trying to figure all that out I think that is the type of you know I think that generates I think that generates some really interesting sounds and some really interesting energy.
0: Totally I mean it, I know this is like super trite to say but it, it's totally antithetical to what I think like maybe the standard is right now at least like it, it seems like so much of I'm super guilty of it right I feel like so much of my time in this community is like very extroverted just like me like spending time on social media or like I don't know like doing things that aren't the music and yeah I, I've been no me to too man like I mean when I, I was living in Tacoma for a couple like years like yeah I definitely fucking, do feel that too like you know sometimes there, with
1: the whole you um, know like you know yeah shit like you know like worrying too much about like the promotional or like social media aspects of shit or like you know like like basically like what do I have to be like doing in order to be able to sort of, like, continue on this, you know, path and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, like, I definitely get caught up in that, too. And, um, like, you know, as much as I will dog, you know, Cleveland and as much as of uh, a complicated relationship as I have with this place and especially, like, being queer here and, like, trying to do interesting music here, like, sort of the attitude... And sort of outlook that it imparts on you. There was no scene here. There kind of still isn't, you know, outside of what we do, outside of what the three of uh, our crew of our three parties do, you know, in terms of this stuff. You know, it's not like really like that much of a scene outside of like our inner circle has like popped up, you know. And so, um, you know, doing this shit here, you know, it's it's not definitely not for the money. Like it's definitely not cool. It's maybe makes you cool to people in other cities, which is cool. And I'm glad that and I and I am glad that people in other cities think it's cool because I've made some really awesome, amazing friends and had some really good opportunities come my way and like come our way because of people in other cities like thinking it's like really like cool and like badass that we like throw like you know like a gay party in like a fucking like boring ass cow town and shit. Like yeah, like I'm glad that like people think it's cool and stuff. Um like I'm, I am thankful for that, but it 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 really does make you kind of not give that much of a fuck. You know what's going on. You know in those places, um, kind of has like no bearing on you know our life here and the party here. And um, you know we are at the end of the day, like kind of no matter how many, no matter how much, like you know people from other places, like do you think it's cool or like do sort of you know fuck with the vision or whatever like we're still just in we're still just in fucking cleveland <laughs> i don't
0: know no, i, I mean. do know so what do you like want to do going forward with in training like how do you see it growing what are your goals like short term or long term
1: um that's a really good question that i think all three of us are probably kind of trying to figure out the answer for um kind of obviously together and also on our own um i'm actually moving to pittsburgh in july oh wow so um i'm actually moving out of cleveland this summer um but only two hours away um and training is still continuing still a part of it um it's you know we have no we have there no plans to cut either the party short or my involvement in it short whatsoever um i'm just moving to a different city um but it's going to keep going we have a lot of really awesome you know we're still still you know have like a wealth of different you know lineup ideas and like people we've already reached out to people we want to bring through as long as the music is still there um as long as you know as long as we keep bringing as long as we keep bringing, like, such talented people through, as long as we don't rest on our laurels in that way. Because that's what it's always just mostly, you know, as corny as it's said, it's as corny as it is to just be like, oh, it's just all about the music, man. Like, you know, that all is it really was, was about was just bringing music, bringing really good music that otherwise would not, we, we would not get to see in Cleveland to Cleveland, you know, and for for, our, for for ourselves, like, more than anyone. And, like, all this stuff with, like, all the DJing stuff like that has arisen, like, pretty pretty incidentally out of that but like so that really has always been the main mission and um to you know bring this music through and to create a space for you know the queer people in Cleveland to experience this music and that is still the goal and the goal is you know if the if I I look at the list of the lineups that we have planned coming up in the future or any indication that goal is still a lot and strong and so we're just going to keep going with it and see what happens the only last thing that I would maybe want to say is just, you know, it's corny, but like, I do feel just like, so very blessed to have like found myself, like, on this sort of path, like, however, like I got here and like, you know, I don't really know how I did. Like, I don't really know how like we did. Um, and kind of like why all this stuff, you know, is like happening and like why i you know, people are responding to it so well and everything, but just like, you know, I do think that a lot of this dance music stuff and a lot of this like queer dance music stuff. And it's like, you know, of course, you know, there's always going to be like some like silly, like interpersonal drama and stuff like that. And blah, blah, blah. Like people spending too much time on like social media and like occasionally people getting, you know, excuse me, like caught up like in the wrong aspects of it. But I think like the main thing that like I have learned through like, through, like, doing all this stuff, and I really learned is that, like, kind of just, like, the energy that, like, this, you know, sort of, like, queer music scene and the people, like, DJing and the people coming through to the parties and the people promoting these parties, especially, like, places, like, in smaller cities, you know, sort of, like, outside of the game Mecca's or whatever, but people in the game Mecca's, too, for sure, like, people everywhere, but just, like, the energy sort of being generated, like, right now by, like, this scene I very genuinely feel is like one of the last positive things left like in this world, like one of the last like truly positive things left in this world. And I think it's very special. And I think that we need to fucking hold on to it for dear fucking life because everything around it is crumbling very quickly. And I think that, you know, that's something that I just try to always keep in mind when I get too caught up worrying about things like, you know, like occasionally thoughts will creep into my head about like, you know, like, Oh, like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, like one of my friends, like, you know, is like getting like booked for these parties to like DJ that like, you know, like, Oh, I wish like, I, I wish someone would ask me to be, play, book that party. Like, You know, like, of course, like those thoughts like that, like, to my head or like, you know, like on nights when like, you know, at in training where I'm like, oh, like, you know, like, I wish there were like a few more people here or like if someone was someone's playing and like, you know, I'm don't not as into their music as like I thought I was going to be, you know, any sort of anytime, any sort of stuff like that, any sort of like the tedium or sort of negativity around the sort of minutiae of all of doing like dance music stuff like day to day starts creeping into my head. Like I really just remember like that this energy and this like sense of community and this like static release that we're creating, helping, you know, create for people and creating ourselves is very, very truly like one of the last positive things left in this world. And it's only going to become that much more valuable in the coming months and the coming years. And so yeah, that's just that's what I want every, that's just what I try to keep in mind and I hope that everyone can do their best to keep in mind.
0: I think that's a really great place to kinda of leave off. I couldn't agree more. It's like there's very few good things left on this earth. And uh yeah. Well thank you so much for talking with me.
1: Of course, man. No, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for letting me talk my shit. <laughs> awesome.
0: No problem. I think I'm gonna go get some dinner and watch some playoff basketball.